right, good evening, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody on this beautiful December evening? Amen. As you can see, we're debuting a brand new stage once again tonight. Every service you guys come in, it looks something different, but uh, this is, we're in good shape. They're putting the carpet on, I think, tomorrow, Wednesday. And then we'll be getting the wall up there, and things will be back to normal, and we're just really, really happy about that. And the bathroom should be finished this week, am I right on that? The mirrors should be up tomorrow. All right, so we are just really moving along. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're high, we're high class around here, people. So it's going to be an awesome week for us. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together. We're going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to keep believing that America is coming to Jesus. Can I get an amen on that? That was weak, but I forgive you. All right, let's go. Yeah, you know, should we try that again? Can I get an amen tonight? Wow. All right. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church and school and every town, city and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus name. Amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight and you may be seated. All right. Well, you are in for a wild evening because we've got the most fiery preacher in all of California in the house tonight. My wife, Pastor Katie, is going to be giving the sermon tonight. Yeah. Hey. It's going to be fire. All right. So, and I'm only saying that to make her uncomfortable, you know, and get that look. Husbands, you know, you get married and you can say just the right annoying thing to get that look. It's very, very important. Single men will teach you how to get the look. All right. So uh, let's go. The bookstore is doing 20% off of everything for the month of December. And so that's a great place to get uh, Christmas gifts, obviously. And we got a whole bunch of new books and Bibles and all sorts of great stuff back there. So take advantage of that. Uh, we definitely encourage you to uh, bless people with the word of God this year. All right. Also, you saw a giant box back there by the info booth. Uh, we are also doing toy donations um, for New Hope Village. I hope I'm saying the right charity, but um, we're what? Greater Hope. I'm sorry. That's we're, we're doing a toy drive for Greater Hope. And um, here's the thing. It's very last minute. That's why I don't have a lot of information on it. But it's super last minute. But they asked us if we could help out. And we said, yes, we're going to help out. So uh, if you could bring in a Bring in a toy for their brand new toys. Put them in the box. And uh, this coming Sunday, one week from today, is the last day because uh, we have to turn those toys in. So, again, we know it's short notice, but they asked if we could help, and we want to help. We want to make sure every kid within our realm can have a good Christmas this year. Amen. All right. And let's see. Servant leadership is this Thursday night at 6.30. Amen. And we're going to be having kind of a pitch-in dinner slash Christmas party. All right. So we're talking about bringing fingers foods to it and uh and just in my book just you know enchiladas count as finger foods so bring in the enchilada somebody come on 
All right, so um, let, that'll be Thursday at 6.30, and it's going to be great. So if you normally come to Servant Leadership, you need to be there. And if you don't normally come, it's a great night to come and kind of get in on some of the inner workings of the church and see what we got going on. Uh, all right, here's a big one. The Women's Meeting Christmas Celebration is this Friday night, amen, at 6.30, yes. Uh, the December the 9th, uh, Mrs. Pastor will be back from New York finally, and uh, she's going to be in the house giving the message that night. Uh, they're, they're doing a, uh, it says to bring a salad or a casserole or a dessert and uh, have a good time. Uh, you're going to do a lot of fun stuff, ladies, so be there. And then this Sunday is a big one because we're doing our first ever December baptisms. I've never baptized anybody in December, all right? So, and look at this. We've got 13 people already signed up. That is awesome. So, uh, let's pass that around. That's this uh, Sunday at the 10 a.m. service. Robert, that was pretty good. You're pretty quick for, I'm just saying, wow. For being 50 years old, you're you're fast, all right? So, um, but anyway, sign up for baptisms uh, this coming Sunday. If you've never been baptized, let's do this. Why wait? Don't procrastinate. Let's do it this week. If you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, let's do this. Sign up, and it's going to be an awesome day of celebration. All right? Young adults for ages 18 to 30, you are having a night with Laura Cook from Tulsa, Oklahoma on Thursday the 15th at 7 p.m., and that's going to be an awesome night. You're telling me it's 6.30. Okay, well, you know what? Show up between 6.30 and 7, and you're going to have a great time, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, that'll be that that Thursday, the 15th, and uh, Laura is going to be ministering that night. You have a great time with her. And then the very next night, the 16th, is the concert with Laura Cook and her band. Uh, they're going to be here doing a Christmas concert. And, uh, we're gonna, we're gonna do something a little bit different with it. Uh, we're gonna have, um, tables set up and it's gonna be kind of a, a coffee house feel that night. So, we're gonna provide cookies and coffee and cocoa and sit around and, uh, and just really enjoy the atmosphere. So, uh, come on out that night. Bring a friend and start inviting people. It's gonna be a really, really special night. We've never had one like this, alright? And then, this is the big one. The church Christmas service is gonna be Sunday the 18th. Amen. And uh, this is really one of our biggest things of the whole year. I've got invitations on the back info booth there. So grab some, invite some people. Of course, the children are doing their Christmas performance uh, that Sunday morning. And then, we, of course, we're going to be doing Christmas carols and everything. But there's a giant Christmas dinner for everybody. And there is a gift for every child that is in attendance that day. So we really want to bless the kids and give them a gift. So make sure you, uh, you have the kids there. And if your kids are performing in the play, man, invite, invite the grandparents, aunts and uncles and everybody. Because they'll come that day and they're going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. And uh, if your kids are in the play, uh, they're going to be practicing Sunday mornings during church. And they'll also have their lesson and stuff still. And then Sunday nights at 530 for the next few Sunday nights. And they're really, they're playing in a big performance this year. They've got all sorts of stuff going on. And I mean, it's, it's going to be really, really awesome. Okay. Well, I think that's all the announcements. So who knows what time it is now? Yes, sir. It is happy time. Amen. And so if you need an envelope, you go ahead and raise your hand. The ushers will be getting you one. And we're going to open up our Bibles to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. I said Psalm 37. 
All right. Uh, so we're going to be looking here, I think, at verses 4 and 5. I was just reading these a little bit ago. Psalm 37. And this is a really, really good chapter, might I add. It would do you a lot of good to read the entire thing. But Psalm 37. And I'm going to look at verses 4 and 5 in the NLT. And this is just, I love this. A lot of people know verse 4. But it says, take delight in the Lord and he will give you your heart's desires or delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. That is a, people love that verse. And it's the truth. When you delight yourself in the Lord, believe me, he will give you the desires of your heart. And but a lot of people kind of misquote that verse. They're like, yeah, you know, brother, it says he'll just give you the desires of your heart. And I'm like, well, that's. 50% true, but the first part says to take delight in the Lord, and then he'll give you the desires of your heart. And so I always kind of challenge with this verse that what does it mean to delight yourself in the Lord? Well, one big part of that would be obeying the word of God. You can't say that you delight in the Lord and, and you know, you just love him so much if you don't obey his word. In fact, Jesus himself put it this way. If you love me, you'll obey my commands, John 14. And so I'm encouraging us with that tonight, that if we're going to delight ourselves in the Lord, that means obeying his word. But guess what? He will give you the desires of your heart. And I love verse five here. It says, commit everything you do to the Lord. Well, would everything potentially include your finances? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I would say that everything would include everything. I'm not the best with words here, but it says commit everything you do. So whenever I get my paycheck, I can commit my finances to the Lord. Amen. And look at this. You trust him and he will help you. And so I'm encouraging us tonight that as we are trusting the Lord with our finances, as we're being obedient to do what his word says, you better know that he will help you. And I'm telling you, this can be the absolute best Christmas that you and your family have ever had. Who receives that tonight? Amen. Who wants the best Christmas you've ever had? All right, let's go ahead and stand up together. We are going to speak some words of faith over our tithes and our offerings. We're going to have some awesome praise and worship tonight. Then we're going to get into a fire-packed sermon. It's going to be great. All right, let's go ahead and say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, binding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. You can sing where you are, but let's just sing together. Thank you. 
Thank you. 
draw closer to you. You said that if we would draw close to God, he would draw close to us. And that's the desire of our hearts is to be closer to you, Jesus. And we pray that you would have your way in this service this evening, Lord. And as we uh, continuously remind ourselves, you said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear. And so, Lord, we have ears tonight, Lord, to hear and to listen what you are saying to us, Father. So I pray in the name of Jesus that we would have teachable hearts, Lord, soft hearts to receive your word. And we thank you, Lord, that tonight is going to be a life-changing night. We love you and we praise your name this evening in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Can we give the Lord some praise this evening? Hallelujah. All right. Well, I'm going to have Pastor Katie come on up and she is going to deliver the word to us this evening. Amen. And I'm excited. I saw what she was... uh, Saw what she was working on a little bit ago, and it's going to be a really good word. All right? Amen. Let's hope it's good. In Jesus' name. Okay, so it's more like story time with fruit. Okay, and in case you don't know, that's a weird nickname I have. You can ask questions later. Anyway, um, I'm going to tell you about my life. Are you ready? Okay. And then I'm going to tell you two long Bible stories, so don't go to sleep, okay? Because we call people out in youth group call people out. Used to, long time ago, church, they did cattle prods. And so if you fell asleep in the back, they just went, anyway, we don't do that here. I think that's kind of what they did to me as a child. Pinching was close. Anyway, so I grew up as a little Baptist girl and that white country church on the postcard at Christmas, I actually went there. I grew up there. It was wonderful. Um, but in church, There was a level of reverence that was different than what non-churchy people experienced. I'm explaining that because fast forward through my life, as a teenager, I went to an assembly of God and I got spirit filled. And the super short version is, uh, you know, some, some people when they pray, they're like pushers. I don't like pushers. That's not nice. It's just coming out. Anyway, so I had never experienced that before. I'd never seen anyone, like, raise their hands in worship. That was not a thing at our cute little country church. We did the stand up for the first hymn, sit down for the second hymn, stand up for the third hymn. You know, that's what you did. You just stand up, sit down, clap, clap, clap. Anyway, some of you get that church camp, kids. Anyway, fast forward as a teenager, um, this youth pastor came up to me um, at my friend's church and put one finger on my head 
and prayed for me and I started speaking in tongues and I was certain that I was possessed and going to hell and it was really, they had to talk me through that one because I was really confused. Um, but there was some things that happened at that church that were different than the level of reverence I'd ever experienced. So little Baptist church, we make sure that when we're praying, shh, mom's going to spank you, you know, like that. And then I go to this assembly of God church and all of a sudden they're praising, worshiping, doing all this craziness. And all of a sudden it gets crazy quiet. Everyone's quiet. Everyone. And some lady in the corner starts yelling and a bunch of nonsense that I don't understand. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Very scary. Okay. Very scary. Like I told you it was demons, but it's really fun. And like, they love God. I don't know how this works. I don't know how this works. So they talked me through a bunch of that. Um, but that fast forward in life, you'll come to find out that's a holy silence. We call it the holy hush. Um, when everybody just kind of chills out, you're waiting for God to move. And around here, we're like, God's in the room. Yeah. Okay. Some of the time it's like, God's in the room. Yeah. It's like that. Okay. So we're going to talk about some of that tonight and, um, what reverence really is. And because I am a nerd in a hundred different ways, we're also going to have a Latin lesson. I'm so glad you're excited. Anyway, so reverence is three parts, okay? Reverence starts with re, to do again, right? Replay, redo, all that stuff. Reverie, or whatever that portion is, is the action or awe, fear, respect, honor, right? That's what it is when we first meet Jesus, and there's that, oh my God, God is real. That moment... And if you haven't had that moment, you need to start talking to him about it. Because I spent my whole life being a believer. And my whole childhood was, you know, faith, family, America. And, you know, it was cute that we believed that God existed and was real. But it didn't change my life. And it didn't make me a whole person. And so I had all these issues that I couldn't fix and all these feelings and thoughts that I couldn't fix because I hadn't had that moment where I was in awe of God and who God was and what he does and the fact that he's actually real. It's not this thing that one day we'll get to heaven and we'll get to meet him. It's this thing that he wants a relationship with me and he wants to have a life with me and he wants to talk to me. I have no idea why. Other than Jesus. So this reverence is a, an awe, an honor that's above anything else that we can explain or imagine. You know, when the president walks in a room, whether or not you like him, people stand. It's just an honor thing. You can hate the person, but if they have a position, right? Police officers, governors, it, it doesn't matter who it is. If there's a position there, you honor that position. But this guy has a position that's simply and only to bless you and help you and change the world. To bring everything back to what he designed in the first place. So that awe and that honor is on a whole nother level. Are you ready for ints? 
You're excited about ints. I knew you'd be excited about ints. The action, the process, quality, or state of. So again, that experience with God and that awe and that honor is the process and the action doing that in your life. That's what reverence is. Having an awe for him that you act upon. Okay? And you, you are a reverer. Are you ready for that? You're a reverer. It's a thing. Okay, so I won't go through the first two portions again. Same thing, that respect, that honor, and to do it over and over again. But it's the person who does that. Okay, so someone who has reverence is a revereor. So you can go to the next slide. I am a revereor, and I have reverence. I have an awe of God, and I do things as a part of that. Okay, Um, and that reverence comes from your knowledge and your understanding of God. So I am one who knows how to continually stay in awe and choose to act in honor of my Lord. So, you know, like when you're training kids in church and around here, we do that at about four years old, which is cute if you have this wonderful, easygoing child. I don't know that I have. Joel was easy. Joel was easy to train to be in church. The rest of them, it was not so much. And there was a standing joke that Sunday nights, we used to have all the sections open. And I would sit here, and Desiree would sit over here. And Noah and Isaac would uh, be being trained to be in church. And she would walk down the aisle holding Noah's hand, stomping out because he was about to get spanked. And I would walk down the other aisle going like this. As Isaac was about to be spanked. And they were like, your anger is so much nicer than hers. I'm like, no, because I get out there and I'm mad for hours because there's nowhere to properly spank your kid at this church. There's nowhere. You walk out the front, late people are coming in. They're like, oh, bad day, huh? Thanks. Thank you for that. You go to the bathroom. Someone inevitably is in the only remaining stall. And they hear all of it. You're beating me, mom. You're so mean. Just trying to get you to behave in church. Reverence, my son. Anyway, we're working on it. So at about four years old, we try to teach reverence around here. And uh, it goes better when they're about six years old. But if you ever see a family doing that, pray for them. And I mean it. That's your job as a believer. Pray for them. Okay, so we have this awe. We have this deep respect, this obedience, this courtesy. And it's how we treat the Lord. And it's what his place is in our life. Each of us have people in our lives that we have a higher level of respect for, a higher level of honor for. And it's not only because of their position, but it's because of our relationship with them. And I can tell this story because Cindy Grow is not here tonight. Cindy Grow, I love you. And if you see this, I'm really sorry, but I love you. Um, she doesn't like being public about anything. So here it comes. Um, Cindy has been a a part of our life that I don't know anyone else who's filled that position. Um, she loved us through stupid. And I feel like lots of times our moms are like that, but they kind of owe it to you. It's their job. Cindy, it was not her job. She didn't owe us anything. Um, but Pastor Dave and I, when we first uh, moved to California, we were in culture shock. We had no idea what we were doing. And we'd been through Bible college, which meant we were really smart. 
We had no idea what we were doing. Um, and so we had crazy things happen that we had no idea what to do with. You know, we lived in like Cracker Jack, corn-fed Midwest America. And we come out here and you people are different. <laughs> You're different. Now, we did move back to Indiana and realize we're, we're you people. We're not those people. We're just not. Um, but anyway, Cindy became part of the youth ministry out of just wanting to help us and be with us. And we would take, you know, camping trips or whatever. And we're in our 20s. People in their 20s don't get up at 4 a.m. They just don't. So Cindy would be up at 4 a.m. ironing her jeans and cooking a three-course breakfast for all these teenagers. And our teenagers do not get that now because Cindy is not with us in youth ministry. Um, but she just spent a lot of time with us and doing a lot of things that we didn't know you needed to do. Like pack a toolkit because your teenagers are going to break something. They're going to, you know, just help us with things. So fast forward a little bit. She's walking with me in this back hallway at one point and we're talking normal getting to service stuff. We're talking and we're walking into service and she just stops. And I'm like, but she bowed her head. So I'm like, Oh, she's praying. I I caught onto that, but she didn't say anything. She didn't like hold my hand to pray with her. She just went mid sentence. She's talking to me. And then she went, and I just stood there like, um, I don't know what's happening. It's a lot of my life, right? I don't know what we're doing. Um, she had heard someone in the sanctuary in the microphone start praying. And she stopped her life. And it made a massive impact on me. That's a level of reverence that I didn't have. Spent my whole life in church. Gone to Bible college, done the thing. We do church. But that level of reverence was beyond me. And it made an impact on my life. And I'm not perfect by a long shot. But I watch our family. And you know, there's things that you want to be different in your own home. And you're like, okay, listen, we're going to try. I'm not great at it, but we're going to try. My house is always loud, so we're always trying to be quiet. We're always just trying. Um, hasn't worked out very well yet, but we're trying. So one thing I want us to try to do is to up our level of reverence. And here's why. Because when we increase our level of reverence and we increase our honor for the presence of God in our life, not just in this place, and that's important in here too, but in our life, his ability to move in your life changes and it gets significantly bigger. So are you ready for story time? Yeah, we're going to do story time and God's presence getting bigger. So Nehemiah is one of my favoritest ever. There's a lot of my Bible that's my favoritest ever, but Nehemiah uh, chapter eight is where we're going. Nehemiah eight one and backstory a little bit on Nehemiah is that they're trying to rebuild the fallen down Jerusalem, right? Nehemiah and Ezra and this team of people, they're, they're coming to rebuild. And they get Jewish people, right? The people of God together. 
And they come and they rebuild parts of the wall. Now, what this is taking is their family vacation. They're going on their family vacation to rebuild the house of God. And amidst their family vacation, there are people trying to persecute them, heckle them. So we're with one hand, we're rebuilding the wall. And with the other hand, we have our sword ready to go. And we're like, oh, kids, it's no big deal. It's fine. We're all working together. We love serving Jesus. Have you ever served Jesus like that? If you haven't, you are missing out. You, If you have never plunged a toilet in the middle of a Sunday morning service while asking someone to mop the poo for you, you are missing out. <laughs> if you have never been locked in the nursery <laughs> with the smell of babies, which is not the smell of Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> um, if you've never been locked in the nursery serving Jesus that way while you're tired, you've missed out. So that's what's going on in Nehemiah, okay? They're sacrificing, they're spending their time, they're spending their money, and here they are serving God. So they finished the wall by chapter 8, okay? They finished things. And people are getting ready to move there to start their life with God, okay? Chapter 8. In October, when the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people assembled with a unified purpose at the square just inside the water gate. Not to be confused with our water gate. They asked Ezra the scribe to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had given to Israel to obey. So on October 8th, Ezra the priest brought the book of the law before the assembly, which included men and women and all the children old enough to understand. Do you know what this part means in my life? Apparently, they had nursery or babysitters. It's biblical. Anyway, he faced the square just inside the water gate from early morning until noon and read aloud to everyone who could understand and all the people listened closely to the book of the law. Okay, go back a little bit. Early morning till noon. Our church services are an hour and a half max. Early morning till noon. And we're just reading the Bible. So we're just reading. So Ezra the scribe stood on a high wooden platform that had been made for the occasion. To his right stood Matthiah, Shema, Aniah, Uriah, Hilkiah, and Messiah. Messiah? Uh, to his left stood Padiah, Mishael, Machaljah, Hashem, Hashbadana, Zachariah, and Meshulam. We're just reading our verses. It's fun. Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. And when they saw him open the book, they rose to their feet. We are standing now. You understand this, right? He goes to open the book of the law, everybody stands early morning till noon. Men, women, kids, we're standing there because you're reading God's word to me. So they stood. And I've seen lots of other instances of reverence on that level. Um, my parents' church in Indiana, uh, years ago, they, when you would read the first verse of the day. We woo-hoo. That's, that's our level of reverence around here. We do the woo-hoo. It's never in unison. It's really sad these days. But anyway, uh, their church, as soon as that Bible opened, people stood. It was just a thing. They just stood. Um, at the Rock Church, for years, when the pastor walked out, he would kneel and he would pray. And the 12,000 people there would kneel with them. It was just a thing. Just a culture of reverence. So, Continuing, 
We're going to verse 12. Um, okay, so everyone's standing now, and they are reading the Bible. And then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted. Yes, we chant. It once was illegal a couple of Julys ago. Amen, amen. And they lifted their hands. Then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. And you think it's weird when people kneel around here, but no one's laying in the floor. Anyway, it may get weird. Just understand, when you're in the presence of God, you act real weird. Then Levites, Jeshua, Benaiah, Shariah, Hamin, Hakub, Shabbatiah, Hodiah, Messiah, and then instructed the people, that was not tongues, it was fast forward, then instructed the people in the law while everyone remained in their places. Where are they at? They're standing. Okay, they're standing. Same place. While we're reading the Bible for hours, they read from the book of the law of God and they clearly explained the meaning of what was being read, helping the people understand each passage. Bunny trail for just a second. So when you read your Bible and you don't understand what it's saying, don't go telling people, I can't read my Bible because I don't know what it means. Or I don't like to read. You better be listening. You better be getting that word of God in there on some level. On some level. And he said he'll help. He helped. And if he sent someone into your life to help you understand, then you best be asking questions and not being ashamed of that. Because your job is to learn the word for a hundred reasons. But we'll tell you those reasons here shortly. Not all hundred of them. Then, Nehemiah, uh, the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were interpreting for the people said to them, Don't mourn or weep on such a day as this, for today is a sacred day before the Lord your God. For the people had all been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Okay, I just had a conversation this morning with someone about crying when you come to church. It's a thing. You know, we're all tough and we handle life until we get in the presence of God and then we're just kind of a mess. It's because we get really vulnerable and he washes everything up and he fixes it. And it's by his power and not our own. So when we're doing things in his power, man, you sure look weak. But that's because it's him doing it, which is so great because I can be a total loser and he's awesome, right? So here they are. The people had been weeping and now they tell them, verse 10, and Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate with a feast of rich food and sweet drinks and share gifts of food with people who have nothing prepared. This is a sacred day before our Lord. Don't be dejected and sad, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. So when you hear that verse quoted a hundred times, and you're like, oh, it's a refrigerator verse. I love that verse, the joy of the Lord, and you quote it all day long, what you're missing out on some of that is, listen, blood, sweat, and tears went into building this wall. Their families had sacrificed, and they just stood for hours And they're weeping before God. They're laying on their face before God. And they are told, get up and go party. Partying for Jesus is a thing. It's a good, good, good thing. And a bunch of the women this weekend, we went and we partied for Jesus. It was a great time. It was a great time. Had a wonderful time. So it is important for us to have those quiet moments with God. It's also very important for us to have those moments with each other where we celebrate what God has done. So this Christmas, it's important that we have the woo-hoo and celebrate and share, and that's wonderful. But there also needs to be the time where you're reverent before him and say, God, thank you. 
Thank you for what you've done. And where you recognize that in your home and you help people understand what Christmas is for and what it's about. It's important. Really, really, really important. So we're going to go to Colossians now because it's time for New Testament story time. We had Old Testament story time, New Testament story time. Yay. Okay. So uh, Colossians. Let me rewind. This is what we call Katie Tourette's where I'm like, I'm going to tell you something. Hold on. Wait, I'm going to tell you something else. We'll get back there in a second. Colossians is being written to a young church who needs steered a little bit. And, you know, like teenagers, you can steer them in the like, I told you way. Or you can be like, "Um, I just need for you. I think we need to talk for a minute. And there is a vast difference in the reaction. Um, and so if you look in first and second Corinthians, there's some steering that goes on there. That's a little more like straightforward. Um, Colossians is pretty straightforward, but it's more of a gentle steering than a straightforward, get it together. So, um, they're trying to get this church to understand that Jesus is the source of all spiritual growth. And pastor says all the time. The spiritual determines the natural, whether it's good or bad. And so when we have this level of reverence in our life, where our reverence is placed determines the outcome in our life in the natural. So if we're honoring the Lord in our day-to-day, then our relationship with him is like that on the day-to-day. But if we do church on Sunday and church on Wednesday, and then when we walk into work, we're not bringing the presence of God with us, then you're missing out on the blessing of God and the power of God in that instance. So, chapter 3, Colossians 3. Reverence is all about our choices and our behaviors, our posture with God. Chapter 3, verse 1. You like my PowerPoint? It went up into the manger. That's sad. Okay, this means get your Bibles out. It was a test, right, Tim? (laughs) We were just talking this morning, Tim and I were talking about bringing your actual paper Bible to church. Um, I got in big trouble one time, and I bet you, Pastor Miss Pierre, are they fixed? Is Doug fixing it? (laughs) Okay, so I got in big trouble one time because Pastor came to youth group, and everyone just has their phones, and I have printouts. And there's there's not a Bible there. That's not right, okay? But when pastor comes in, that's not right on another level. Like, you better go home and pray. He just looked at me and said, where's your Bible? I repent, Dad. Anyway, verse 1. Since you have been raised to new life, chapter 3, verse 1 of Colossians. Since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven. What is reality in our lives? Pastor Dave, when we were first married, used to talk about heaven all the time. I'm like, I want to live. You want to die. Like, it was just a thing. Now, now I'm on the same wavelength. It took me a minute, okay? Lots of things take me a minute. Like, I don't know what's going on. She's praying, but I don't know what's happening. Um, Pastor Dave would talk about heaven. Isn't it going to be cool to walk on clear streets of gold? And he'd say things, and I'd be like, No. Because I don't really care what the streets are like. Now I'm like, I don't even care what heaven looks like. I want to go there. I want. I just want to be with Jesus. Because here is tougher than there. You know, 
Then we have teenagers who are like, no, we want to have babies before we go to heaven. We want to have a husband or a wife before we go to heaven. No, you don't. Just, no, you don't. Love Jesus. It's the only thing that matters. Heaven is reality. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Verse 2. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Man, it's easier said than done, but Pastor Dave's life is so happy. I mean, it's like, yeah, it is full of, like, real joy. It cannot be taken, nor can you take his focus off of it. We used to joke that in in day-to-day business, you know, like Pastor Josh and Julie and I would all be like, okay, this is this is what needs to be done. And he's like, go ahead and do it. I'm with Jesus. That he just, hello, anyone home? He's no, I'm with Jesus. You know, the buildings are burning. And he's like, I'm skipping through a field of wildflowers with Jesus. It was a thing. So seriously, you should get there. It's a stress-free life, man. It's a stress-free life. Think on things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Now, if that doesn't make you feel guilty for not thinking about heaven, it sure did me. Pastor Dave really, like, is alive in Christ. But apparently, because I didn't think about heaven, I was an epic failure. Anyway, and when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you'll share in his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Let me stop for a second. I'm about to read all this. We're fast forwarding to some other verses and Pastor Dave can skip all that and give you a cute three points. When he does the three points, I read like eight verses around it. I just can't do it. So we're going to read in context and you're getting a lot more information than what you need. Here's the point. Think about heaven. Have reverence for Jesus. Okay, so back to where we're at. Put to death the the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with the sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of this world, but now is the time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Don't you find that interesting that after it tells you, hey, listen, all this stuff that you've got going on that you've got issues with, because we all do, don't lie to each other about it. So when I tell you my baggage and my issues, listen, I'm just telling you the truth. You should pray. Okay? So don't judge each other. Just fix it. Okay? Just fix it. Um, where are we at? We are in verse 10. Thank you, Pastor Josh. <laughs> Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. You can't become like him unless you learn to know him. Remember that whole reading of the word thing for hours and the value that they had for that? There was no like, I got to get to lunch. I'm going to make my grocery list. I just don't have, I don't even understand what this guy's saying. Have you ever been to a service like that? Maybe it's only me that's, you know. But here's the thing. When you are on the front row and you have the thought, I need to make sure to add that to the grocery list. And your grocery list is so accessible that the Walmart app is right there. The temptation is on another level. So this row behind me, I pray for them like I don't pray for anybody else. Doug and Alexis used to sit there, and I was certain they were never coming back to church because they really got a whole view of my life. And it wasn't just the grocery list. It's like my kids throwing crowns and me pinching kids and me being like, I'm 
going to spank you. You know, things like that. And when it's your first time at church, that's a new experience. Anyway, you have to learn to know your creator in order to become like him. I'm still doing that, okay? Verse 11, in this new life, it doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave, or free. Christ is all that matters, and he lives in all of us. Tim, because I'm bashing on you, I'm just going to go there. Be mad at me later, okay? So Tim and I's childhoods could not have been more different. They couldn't be farther away. I grew up Hallmark, and he grew up horror movie. And it was like, it was like that. But he tells stories that were like, is it okay if we continue to ask about that? Because we just have no idea what we're talking about. Um, but then people will ask about our life or Ray Liana will, sorry, you're getting on blast too. So Ray Liana will tell me that my life is a Hallmark movie. It's not okay. You don't live in my house and you don't know what it's like to live with someone who's only thinking about heaven. Okay. So (laughs) listen, it's only because I don't have a brother to harass on the front row. It's only, and you, you got me at the beginning of service anyway. I do love him very, very much. We have a great marriage. It took a long time to get there and praise God we didn't kill each other. Okay. So listen, it took a minute, but it doesn't matter if your childhood was a horror story it doesn't matter if you grew up a pastor's kid and knew about all this like power of God stuff your whole life. Or if you grew up in a Baptist church and you just knew if you didn't pray right then, you were getting spanked. It doesn't matter. When you have that encounter with Jesus, that's what matters. But it's very easy to get the focus off that. It's very easy to do your verse of the day or do your tiny little Bible study And then go about your day and forget that the only way that you do anything is because of Christ in you. It's easy to forget that, right? It's easy to think, just because I'm spilling my guts to you, I'm going to spill my guts to you. It's easy for you to think, I already broke one of the van doors and they're $2,500. And my husband, he loves me, but... It's not going to go good. And I can't get this door to close. And I'm standing here and I'm mad about it. And there are people around who are waiting for me to lay hands on the door, you know, because, because I'm married to Pastor Dave. And as the Brownings would say, you're a pastor too, whatever. Anyway, I'm like, I'm going to lay hands on the door. I'm going to kick the door. I'm going to be mad at my children for whatever they shoved in the door. It's easy in that moment to forget Jesus is all that matters. It really is. So as the people in my car are praying for my door, I'm on my knees in my dress pants trying to scrape the cherry pit that by some miracle of the devil got jammed in the door. And I'm trying to just maintain my love walk with my children. It's easy. It's really, really easy to forget, you know, we can amen that Christ is all that matters, but the reality is it's easy to forget that. It's really easy to forget that. And when we get busy in the business of church, it's super easy to forget that. And when we don't understand what's happening because the spiritual level in the room just went up and we don't even know what that's about, it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget. But I need us to remember 
a really, really need us to remember. So we're going to keep going a little bit. Verse 12, since God chose you to be his holy people he loves, you must clothe yourself with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Okay, reminder, anyone, your husband, your wife, your mother, your children, all of those people at work, all of those people who don't know Jesus, who are wrecking your life, anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you and your hot mess. That's the revised Katie version. So you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves. That means put on love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. Wouldn't it be nice to be in unity with everybody around you? It's very Pastor Dave life. You have to put that love on, okay? He does. Listen, I've got to tell you, it's a miracle that he hasn't left me, okay? In a hundred ways. But I have to just tell you that when you have a love walk like that, there was a time in our life that he couldn't forgive me for some life choices I had made that had affected him in horrible ways. And he came to me one day and he said, listen, I just can't forgive you. Like worst day of my life, I'm going straight to hell. (laughs) If Pastor Dave can't forgive me, Jesus can't either. Anyway, um, it was just a really, really bad moment, bad season. But I can tell you that he forgives people in a way that most of us can't comprehend. And I've been able to see that in the ugly moments. You know, you don't get to see when he's ugly. He wears his denim on denim real nice. That was for you, Ray. (laughs) Sorry. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just maybe you shouldn't sit on the front row when I'm holding a microphone. Anyway, um, he forgives people who have done horrible things in his life, wrecked his family, destroyed his friendships as a teenager. I mean, there's been ugly that's happened in his life, and I have created ugly in his life. But I've got to watch him make the choice to forgive, even when the person wasn't sorry. I'm going to forgive because I'm not going to let that affect me. I'm not going to let it change me and my relationship with God. Christ is all that matters. Crazy. He's crazy. So are mom and dad. And I've joined the club. Okay. So forgive anyone who offends you. Remember he forgave you. Verse 14. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, with bind us together in, in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in our hearts. You know that word peace means nothing missing, nothing broken? When you have Jesus and you've got that gift of peace, nothing missing, nothing broken means you are not a hot mess. You've been fixed. And there's nothing missing, nothing broken. And when you feel like a mess, you need to find that verse and remind yourself, what is it, Susan? Is it Hebrews ten fourteen? I think it's Hebrews. We had a conversation years ago about I'm perfect. So I tell Pastor Dave that now. I'm perfect. It's in Hebrews 10 that you've been made perfect. So let the peace that's made you perfect rule in your heart. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. 
And whatever you do or say, I'm skipping down a little, whatever you do or say, verse 17, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to him through God, giving thanks through him to God the Father. So in that moment, when you're picking the cherry pit out of your already fixed van door, you've got to remember that you're representing Jesus. And we've got to get to a place where it's not a burden and a chore to be an example. It's a joy and a privilege that God would use us, that he would talk to us, use us, do anything with us. But because of the blood of Jesus, people watch us because they don't have what you have. And they are a hot mess. So in that moment when you're like, stupid van door, in those moments, people are watching. And you have no idea how you minister to them. No idea. When Cindy Gross stopped, she changed my life. She was just walking down a hallway. She changed my life. There's another family in town who's moved to Tennessee since then, but they were a ministry family in town. And they uh, let their kids say the Pledge of Allegiance and a National Day of Prayer. Uh, their five children sat on the front row of a large city event and behaved themselves. And I reevaluated my life. <laughs> um, so I went to this lady who I knew and I said, um, I think I'm a horrible parent. And it was in complete genuineness. It was no, all joking aside, totally serious. I think I'm a horrible parent. I've been a bunch of parenting classes. I've taught parenting classes and I can't make my kids do what you do. And she said, we had a chat (laughs) and I went, Oh, you know, so she walked me through that, you know, but that level of encouragement and that willingness to just to be real with someone and tell them how God got you through things and what he used to get you through things ministers to people on a crazy level. That conversation with that lady is how come we have Sam? It's a whole thing. I mean, there's silly little conversations that have affected my life. But when we get to a point where heaven is a reality to us and Jesus is really all that matters, then our day-to-day life changes drastically. It doesn't matter what you screwed up. It doesn't matter how mad your boss is at you. You want to love that guy. You want to love that guy because you don't want that guy to go to hell. It doesn't matter how mean he is to you. It doesn't matter what they said about you doesn't matter what relationship went bad or what old hurt did what. It doesn't matter because you're thinking about heaven and because Jesus changed your life. And if you haven't had that moment, I'm telling you, you need to be at the altar during worship. You need to be alone at home with your Bible. You need to praise and worship alone at home and it not be this, you know, it's good here. I'm not saying it's bad, but it's different when you're alone with Jesus and it's important and it's very important this Christmas that we make a point to that, that our kids, that our family, that our coworkers get to see that Christmas isn't just about (laughs) 
Oh, I'm sorry. I'm knocking on you. It's not just about the Santa t-shirt and it's not, you know, it's not just about the party. Yes, we're celebrating, but there is a time that comes before the celebration where we're on our face before God and we're recognizing who he is, his character, that wonderful counselor, prince of peace, mighty God, that that is what's ruling our life and what we're doing at Christmas. Then you can party and share your food. You know what I mean? Okay, so I want to go over a couple of things. I think it's the very last slide. Um, I'm going to school you. I'm going, oh, is it not on there? I'm so sad. Go back one. Okay, I'm going to school you. I'm going to Miss P school you in a Pastor Dave way. It's kind of like a caramel and hot fudge milkshake. So what you're going to want to do right now is take your tiny little toes and stick them under your chair because I'm going to step on them. And then pat your little behind so that when you leave, it doesn't hurt. Um, I want to talk about reverence here and just some silly things that go on. So during prayer, we told you the Cindy Grove story. Stop. Okay? Just stop. Stop what you're doing. And here's why. Because these teenagers, these young adults who don't have church culture, they didn't grow up at a little Baptist church where you stand up, sit down, whatever, you know, it's just a thing. They don't know. And they come into this place and they watch what you do. And if you stop, other people will stop. But when you don't stop, they don't think it's important. So when you see someone with their head bowed praying, you just stop. Just stop. Especially if they're on the platform and it's supposed to be corporate prayer. It's important. It doesn't matter if you know what they're saying. It doesn't matter if you like what they're saying. It doesn't matter if it's convenient to you. God will make up the time. Prayer is really, really important. If you walk past someone who's being prayed for, bare minimum, lower your voice so you're just not, you know. Imagine if your life was at stake. Imagine if you got that diagnosis. Just get quiet. Um, altar time. I am aware our altar time is long right now. I'm going to offend some people right now, so here it comes. I love to pray for you. Everybody loves to pray for you. But if you come up because you like to talk to Pastor Dave, don't come up, okay? If when Pastor Josh rises from his seat, you are like, it's my turn, sit down. Just, I don't mean to mean, I want to pray with you, but there are people who come here, they need prayer in a way that you don't get. So, yes, I want to pray for your healing, but if you're capable of praying for your healing, then you go do that. If the person next to you is capable of praying for your healing, then then you go do that. We need to see blind eyes open. We need to see cancer disappear. We need to see mental health restored. Like, it needs to happen. And I love you, and I want to pray for your house plant and your dog. And I do, I care about those things but not at the expense of someone's life or eternity. 
So if you can deal with it during worship, would you just, would you just use altar time for what it's supposed to be about? Just use altar time. You don't need to hold someone's hand all the time. Anyway, I don't, you know, I don't mean it mean. That's what my kids say when they tell me that they don't like my clothes. Anyway, offering, <laughs> on to offering, um, offering. When you bring your offering up here, um, or you give online or whenever you do offering, we do that faith confession, not because we like to confess things and chant, you know, because we got three of them all the time now. We do a lot of repeating things. But the reason that we do that is to help you walk through that. When you give something to God, like we talked about this morning, Abraham gave not because it was a rule, not because it was expected. He gave because he was grateful to God and he knew where all that blessing came from. And he knew that if that blessing wasn't there, that everything he just accomplished was going to crumble and fall. When we trust God with everything, he blesses it, right? Deuteronomy 16, Deuteronomy 28. When you show up to be with the Lord, you bring a gift. And I can tell you from Miss P, um, she grew up East Coast fancy. They were very very proper. And then she married dad. It's a great story of love. It's wonderful. And serving Jesus together. But when she goes to visit, she brings a gift. When her mom, her 80-year-old mother would come to visit, she opens, as soon as she gets her, she opens up her suitcase and she gives gifts. She was just so glad to be with you. When we get in the presence of God, that gift that we give, whether it's our tithe because he deserves it, or whether it's our offering because we're trusting him with something, you need to be talking to him. No bucket plunking. Like, here's your change. Um, There's an individual in our church that uh, does origami, and they folded their offering Because some people don't like to do envelopes. I don't care if you do envelopes or not. You should, because then you can track it later and be like, I failed. I succeeded. You know, whatever. It's important. Um, But this individual doesn't like to do envelopes. So I didn't know who this individual was for a long time. And I'm not going to tell you who it is either. But they folded their money origami. And whenever I would take my rotation to count, I would pray over that. I'm like, whoever this is, is so cool. Imagine taking the time to fold your gift for Jesus. <laughs> I just thought it was so cool. So I prayed and then, you know, cause you watch people don't act like it's only me watching people. I'm like, <sighs> and when I saw the individual in front of me toss in their origami, I was like, thank you. Thank you for telling me. I won't tell anyone. <laughs> anyway, it was a sweet thing the Lord did for me, but offering is a serious time and you need to put effort into it. It needs to be serious to you. It needs to be not just, oh, I have to be a tithe so I can, you know, I have to be a tither so I can get these benefits. It's not about that. It's about your reverence and relationship with God. So communion, um, it's the blood of Jesus. And you know you can get sick and die from taking it unworthily? Do you know that Amish people spend a whole week getting ready for communion? I took communion... Every single service at my cute country white church. And 
It was just as not tasty as it is now, okay? We all know that it's not for the food. But if you start reading First and Second Corinthians, they were having feasts and gluttony, and they were just having communion to get fat. It's not about that. It's about being with Jesus. So we don't care how it tastes, okay? You're just blessed that we're not all putting our hand all in the same bucket anymore because that's how we used to roll. Those crackers were better, though. i got to tell you that. But communion, it's remembering what Christ did for you. And one of my favorite times in youth was I made them watch um, the Son of God video of the crucifixion. And I don't do things just to get a reaction. But when you facilitate a moment with God for somebody, it's the coolest thing ever. So all these teenagers, like, listen, I want you to separate. I don't want you to talk to each other. I want you to be serious about Jesus. And then we played this video. And I have senior boys on their knees crying before God. I'm like, we did it. You know, it's like that. So communion needs to be like that for you. For your family, it's important. Don't ever let your kids just take communion because they need a snack. Listen, don't judge. I know. But it's serious. Communion is super serious. Um, we talked a little bit earlier about holy stillness or silence. Our church is bad at it, okay? Like, we're bad at it. Because we like to celebrate and party with Jesus. It's a thing. We love it. But when you sense the presence of God and things get real quiet, please don't go clapping. I know that you like to clap for Jesus. Sometimes he doesn't want you to clap for him, okay? Just hold on a minute. So it's okay to just be still in the presence of God. It's okay to tell our kids, we're going to be quiet now. But when you sense that, and you will, just stop. Just stop for a minute and be in the presence of God and wait on him to do what he's going to do. It doesn't have to be weird. doesn't have to be crazy. But just stop for a minute. Stop talking. Stop thinking. And just be in the presence of God for a minute. And those moments need to be in our homes too. I was really, really challenged. And I guess I should have been doing this. So, you know, listen, if you think I'm a failure and you don't like me, it's okay. It doesn't bother me anymore. But I'm just going to tell you. So years ago, I was really challenged by another female pastor who said to a group of pastors... If you're just having your hand-raising time at church in a corporate setting, you're missing it. And I went, I think I'm going to hell. You know, you have those moments like, oh, I'm so glad he's the pastor and that I don't have to speak into a microphone and no one listens to me. And then this happened. Anyway, so so I went home and I decided we're going to worship in our house. And I would like to tell you, all my kids, just the presence of God came in and we all worshiped. It was not like that. It was a sacrifice of praise. It was mommy's worshiping. You see? Okay. We're state. No, you can't play right now. No. Yes. I'm going to sing these words. See me singing these words? Waymaker. Yeah. Yeah. Waymaker. Say it with me. Like that. It was like that. And it was really uncomfortable and it was... Not a feeling. There was no feelings that came with it. 
It was me making a point in my house to worship God. And later on, fast forward, there was uh, a baby who was delivered early in our church and we had just this season of miscarriages and it, honest to goodness, was one of the worst seasons of my life. And I've had tough seasons, but it was a wor- one of the worst seasons of my life because I couldn't fix anything. There was literally nothing I could do about it except cry out to the Lord. And I didn't know what we had done to allow the enemy to come in in that way. So we'd had all these miscarriages and here this baby is delivered early and they're one of what I call the promise babies. There were nine promise babies that after that season of miscarriages, we just had babies. Everyone had babies. And so it was great. But one of those babies was born really early, got really sick. We were crying out to the Lord and I got up one night and I just needed to pray. And so I prayed and didn't know what else to pray. And so I turned on some worship and I'm in my living room worshiping, crying before the Lord over this baby's life. And my kids woke up. I wasn't being loud. Okay. They just, it's like migratory sleeping. It's just what happens in our house. We try to be mean. Pastor Josh is really good at it. We're not. Anyway, we dream of having children like theirs. Anyway, even when the ice cream machine is down, if you missed that watch this morning, even when the ice cream machine is down. So I'm in my living room on the floor crying before the Lord. And my kids get up. Mom, are you okay? I'm praying for this baby. My kids got down on their knees and prayed with me. And it was not the I'm praying moment. My kids got down and had reverence. They understood the moment and they understood what it meant. And the baby didn't live. And that was really hard, of course. But for my kids, they got to walk through the valley of the shadow of death with God. And it was a learning experience that a lot of us don't get to have till we're way older. But that level of reverence in really tough, horrible times, if you have that level of reverence in your home, the valley of the shadow of death isn't the end of life. It isn't over. And when you can worship God through that and know that that he didn't do that, that wasn't his plan and it wasn't your fault and it's not your epic failure that created those situations and that he really will restore things. Now that same family, replacement girl, really cool. Shouldn't say, you know, I guess I should say restoration girl. Um, the other baby's in heaven, but they have a girl now and had a set of twins. Um, and no, it's not Chuck and Heidi. <laughs> no, it's not Chuck and Heidi. Um, just to say that because it's the same scenario. But what I want you to get out of tonight is honest to goodness, that level of reverence for God and making a time and a place for him to talk to you and making sure that Jesus is all that matters. That's what's important. And when we can get that going here, the atmosphere will change too. And we'll get to see miracles that you hear about at concerts. Like when you go to see Brandon Lake and you're like, yeah, this place will get to be like that. And so I 
challenge you to make a point to do that in your own home, but at church, do it in love for the sake of those around you. That you don't have to say, stop talking and praying. You can just stop. Just be a Cindy Grow. Just do what you're supposed to do, and people around you will follow it, and it will change people's lives. Okay? So, Pastor Josh, lead us in song, sir. Well, we have reverence, but um, there's a couple things I want to tell you, too, as um, what's coming up. So, the Laura Cook stuff for young adults is going to be celebration, okay? Uh, the coffee house version is going to be a little more chill vibes, if I can say that in church. Just chilled out. Um, also, Christmas Eve, um, I'm being told by other people, not me or anyone on the pastoral staff, that apparently people are wearing their ugly things to the church Christmas thing and fancy was on fancy was pitching oh y'all are so bad okay i have it wrong okay they're going i always need to know this because inevitably i will show up in something ridiculous because of mr christmas anyway apparently the christmas service were going fancy and Christmas Eve, we're going ugly or silly. Okay. And then Christmas service. Listen, I think it's going to be a miracle that you make it here in time. (laughs) So honor God in what you're wearing. Can I just say that? I'll just honor the Lord. And when you are getting dressed and irritated that we're not letting you come to church in your PJs that morning, I feel you but I'm not coming to my PJs either. Okay? So honor God. All right, we're going to pray. And if you need prayer, uh, oh, and you can stand. We in, we in youth service like, okay, if you need prayer, come on up. So I'll pray. Uh, and then if you need prayer, we'll pray for you again. Father, thank you for your holy presence. Thank you that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, that you're right there with us. You never leave us. You never forsake us. And I ask tonight, Lord, that you would talk to us in a real way. That as we celebrate you for Christmas, that you would allow us to be used of you. To speak life into those around us. To bring your love to those around us. That, Lord, we would be part of what you're doing to bring peace restoration to their lives thank you father for the gift that you've given us we worship you and we honor you in jesus name let my heart want for nothing but you just you let my heart want for nothing but you, just you. The riches of this world could never satisfy. Let my heart want for only you. Let my heart want for nothing but you, 
just you Let my heart run for nothing But you, just you The riches of this world Could never satisfy Let my heart run for Jesus for me, for me, only Jesus for me, for me, only Jesus for me, for me, only Jesus.
Amen. I don't know if I was blessed or if I was insulted, but that was wild. Amen. She did a good job. Then I, as I grabbed the mic here, she's like, don't say anything weird to them. I'm like, oh, what? I'm not allowed to, but anyway. <laughs> I love her. Amen. That was a good good word. I appreciate that very much. And uh, I know the Lord is is uh, calling us to a place of reverence. Amen. That's uh, She just hit a whole lot of stuff there tonight that I really appreciate. Amen. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out in prayer. I know some of us have kids next door. We're going to go ahead and get them everything. But um, I'm, I'm encouraging you. It's very busy over the next little bit. We've got a lot of Christmas celebrations and activities. And I keep saying this every service, but there's no reason for you to be lonely this Christmas season. We don't just do these events and these parties because we got nothing else to do. We do it because we want to be your family and we want to, we want to give you a place to belong. And so please get involved and I, I encourage you to follow on social media so you can kind of stay in the loop on everything and, and always know what's going on. Praise the Lord. But we love you. It's been a great day at High Desert Word Center and uh, the rest of this season is going to be absolutely awesome. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and we'll close in prayer and then we will uh, dismiss you for the evening. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we have seen uh, in your word tonight. And, Lord, just like the, the people in, in the book of Nehemiah, Lord, they, they were willing to stand there and listen to your word being read, Lord, from, from early morning until until noontime, God. And then they just wept in your presence. They loved you and wanted your presence. And, Lord, we want your presence in our life. And, and Lord, we're always having a good time. We're always loud and crazy. But we also know that there is this time of rest. And, and just listening to you. So Lord, help us to receive that word tonight and to grow in this area. And God, I thank you that you're blessing every family here, every every person here in the name of Jesus. And I keep saying it, Lord, let this be the best Christmas that we have ever had because it's all about you, Lord. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen tonight? All right, let's go ahead and we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession and we'll get you on out of here. Amen. I also just want to remind you that baptisms are this coming Sunday. If you haven't been baptized, let's get you signed up and let's do this thing if you've received Jesus as your Savior. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and say this together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you this week.